I think his understanding of the importance of treating the mind and the spirit and his real understanding of holism and how we are connected, interconnected in, internally. We're not named conditions. We are a whole human being. He was able to inspire people. He didn't just teach acupuncture. He inspired JR's inspiration has been huge in terms of what I've done in my life. Welcome to Pacific Rim College Radio, a podcast sharing stories and wisdom from experts in the fields of holistic wellness and sustainable living. I am your host, Todd Howard, coming to you from Ravenhill Herb Farm, a permaculture design campus of Pacific Rim College in Victoria, British Columbia. As the show's guests demonstrate, by doing small acts to embrace more mindful living, we can positively impact our communities. Angela Hicks is joint principal and co-founder of the College of Integrated Chinese Medicine in Reading, England, and author or co-author of six books, including the textbook Five Element Constitutional Acupuncture that she co-wrote with her husband, John Hicks, and previous podcast guest, Peter Mole. Angela has been a profound inspiration in the field of acupuncture for nearly 50 years. We explore her experience starting a prominent college and her leadership role there for more than three decades. We also discuss her current PhD work and the research that she is compiling to help show the long-term benefits of acupuncture. And we talk about her writing career and influential books. Angela reveals intimate details of her personal journey into acupuncture, which includes struggles with mental illness. We discuss the impacts of mental health on her and her family and the influence it has had on her personal acupuncture practice. In her early years, she trained under J.R. Worsley, and she also shares some of her pivotal experiences studying under him and receiving his treatments. If you are interested in learning about options for treating mental health or tracking the nearly five-decade-long career of a leading acupuncturist, this is an episode for you. Please enjoy this episode of Pacific Rim College Radio with Angela Hicks. Angie, welcome to Pacific Rim College Radio. It's good to be here. Thanks, Todd. Yeah, it's great to have you here. I'm glad we're finally connecting somewhat face-to-face after so many years of... We've had a lot of email communication, and I recently interviewed one of your colleagues and partners, Peter Mole, and... And Rebecca as well. And and Rebecca, that's two, two of your colleagues, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. At the... uh, both from the College of Integrated Chinese Medicine that you co-founded. Take me back to the beginning of that. How did that come about and what was your inspiration? Right. Um, So we can go all the way back to 1976, which is when I qualified and 1975 when John qualified because we co-founded it. And uh, I was... uh, doing just five element acupuncture and that's all there was in the UK at the time and TCM came along in the 1980s. At that time uh, I was enjoying doing five element acupuncture and there's a lot about it that I absolutely love and adore Uh, but the time came when I decided to learn TCM and when I learned it I realized that there was a lot that I had missing in what I knew from five elements and that they both kind of had something together that was more than the two separately. And up until then in the UK, it had been kind of a bit weird in some ways in that uh, each had kind of kept themselves separate from each other. So after I I learned TCM, went to China, did some clinical work, and then John and I together decided that we would um, start teaching people who knew five element acupuncture how to do TCM and how to, and then we worked out how we'd integrate it, and we did that. And I guess that course ran, it ran for quite a long time, but it was for, for about four years before we thought in 1993 uh, that we were going to set up a college so that we could teach people from scratch. 
and that's what we did. Um, so, and it's been uh, brilliant ever since. And I think that those, the two stars together work together really well. There's something else about that, about integration that's important. And that is that um, in my family, there's a lot of um, bipolar. And my mother had bipolar, her father, their, my sister's, my, sorry, my mother's sister. Um, and so I had a kind of, you know, I wanted to know what that was about whether I was going to stay sane or not or whatever. And I think I was around the time I was early time of acupuncture, I was quite wobbly. And I realized that five element acupuncture could help me a lot. But also, I didn't know five element acupuncture didn't explain what um, psychosis came from and what mania and depression came from and when I learned TCM I learned what that was about and I realized that that was the start of me thinking about why the the two stars together really worked well together because it both really were necessary for me to understand myself and then to understand my patients too so um, and I've kept well through acupuncture and Chinese medicine generally, herbs and qigong uh, ever since. And I have had, uh, I think I've had one aspirin. I think I've had a couple of lots of antibiotics and I did have the COVID jab. But that's basically most of my health comes from Chinese medicine. Wow, that's great. That's it. Sorry. That, no, that's good. <laughs> was the bipolar uh, condition that runs through your family, was that your inspiration for seeking out acupuncture in the first place? Um, I don't know that it was. Um, it kind of, I, I, I became a nurse and I did orthopedic nursing and I knew I wanted to be kind of doing things in caring for people, but I didn't, uh, I knew nursing was not it. And I started meditating. And I think that the meditation came from wanting to stay stable. But I don't think I knew at the time that acupuncture was going to help me uh, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, until after I'd started doing it. So once I'd started doing it, yes, I, I, I guess I realized it was going to keep me, keep me well. And how common was acupuncture at that time? We must be talking about the early seventies, late sixties. Early seventies, very uncommon. Uh, though I, I was in the first uh, British group of acupuncturists um, and there had been some earlier and I learned from when I learned from J.R. Worsley and then he'd stopped and I was in the first one when everything really got going again. Uh, I worked in London and there were about five other acupuncturists in London. London's a massive place and now there's hundreds so it really wasn't very common. So how did it come to your awareness and how did you find someone to work okay. with? Okay, yes. So sorry, I, I missed that bit out. I started oh, meditating. Oh, no, no, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I started meditating and the, there was a group within the meditation um, people that did the practice who were interested in what we called then fringe medicine. And uh, so I, because I'd been a nurse, I kind of wanted to find out what they were talking about. And there were people interested in kind of everything that you could think of, um, all sorts of various different, um, some weird and wonderful, some uh, more what are now mainstream uh, kind of fringe medicines. And I lived with a lot of these people for a while. We kind of joined together in a house. Um, this was the 1970s, so it was kind of my early years 
and uh, I heard one of the people living in the house, her godmother was the registrar for the per for the for this what became the college I, I learned at and she and I and another couple of people all learned together and were kind of sponsored by the meditation group so also, so <laughs> different JR, time different time yeah. JR was then your first teacher he was my first teacher yeah, yeah. had you received acupuncture as a patient prior to going to study under him actually he wasn't my first teacher um, my first teacher was um, another fairly well-known teacher in the UK called Dr. Van Buren. Mm -hmm. um, and I learned with him for 18 months in Gerard's Cross and then moved across to J.R. Worsley after that. And uh, I'd had a little bit of treatment from, but not, I hadn't had a treatment ahead of learning acupuncture. So. Wow. <laughs> Okay, so you just felt the calling to do that? I did, yes. Yeah. Yes, most people now, I would say 90% of the people that come to our college um, ha have had acupuncture. So, yeah. but at that time, I, there wasn't much around. So it was kind of, it wasn't something that was generally available. And when you went to study with Van Buren and with Worsley, was the yeah. intention to turn this into a career or did you just think, well, this is an extension of my meditation practice and my housemates are doing it and it just feels like a good step forward? I knew that I wanted to do it. Um, it was definitely, I had thought it would be good and it was kind of the driving force amongst that group, I think, to to go. and. But I didn't think about my career. I didn't kind of, I, I, I knew I wanted to be an acupuncturist, but I didn't think about anything else. Um, didn't think about how I'd set up my practice even or, or anything about doing it later. And I certainly never thought about teaching or running courses or running a college or any of those kind of things. Mm -hmm. yeah. Tell me about the very early days of starting the college. And that's a very bold move to decide to yep. start a college. I think I heard from Peter Mole that you guys went out of the blocks pretty quickly at a nearly a full sprint and haven't looked back since. But what was that like, just the genesis of it? And let's take it up into the first enrolling class. Okay. Um, we actually decided, John and I decided to start the college in 1992, having run these co these courses, put, putting the two together. And uh, we decided that we would call a meeting uh, of other people to see if they were interested. About 20 people came along and most of those people then became teachers. Um, Peter came along pretty soon afterwards. He, he came to that meeting and four months later, he moved, moved together and we'd known Peter for a long time before. And so he joined us running it and a lot of the people were teachers. Um, it was real pioneering work, I guess. We, we used to have um, meetings of all the teachers at a kind of fitness center that had a room in it that was kind of a five minute walk from where we were living and people used to practice teaching and then we'd get people along to talk about various things we knew what we wanted to do and and everybody who had um done who was who was going to be a teacher had done the integration course so we were all kind of we knew that we were going to teach the same thing and we were really passionate about most people had had learned five element acupuncture we were really passionate about five element acupuncture and knew how important tcm was too so um and then when we actually started the college, we did, we started with 30 students in that class, which was, we knew it would work funnily enough. It sounds a bit silly. I had already, we had all of us worked at uh, the college in Leamington Spa, which was uh, 
run by J.R. Worsley and had been teachers there. So um, that had been, I've been doing that for quite a long time. So I guess I knew how a college ran and I knew both what I liked and what I didn't like. So that was also quite a, a big part of being able to set it up because, you know, there was a kind of model um, that nothing's perfect. And we kind of, we would have liked to have done out what we did perfectly, but we had a kind of idea of what we wanted to do. And then from 1992, uh, I didn't know how to really set up courses, but I made all the handouts and just sat for days and days and days and days, writing the timetable and writing handouts, um, which, <laughs> so that, that was kind of, an, and by the time the course started, everything was in place. Um, and we didn't have the college building we have, but we had a lovely um, old building that we rented. And it was, it was, it's like everything came together in a really, um, it was kind of, it always felt this is what we need to do. And, and lots of doors opened, which was mm. wonderful. So many symmetries. Really? Hearing your story and in my journey in starting Pacific Rim College, I, I think we could probably talk about it for hours, but yes. <laughs> we have other things to talk about as absolutely, well. Absolutely, absolutely. But uh, yeah, that calling, that knowing is something that I also had. And, and fortunately, that knowing was strong enough that it just blocked out any of the doubt or questions about maybe this isn't the right thing to do. And I just knew that this is what I needed to do. Now, I, I did not, Pacific Rim College did not get off to quite the, the start that you did. It took us about a year to reach 30 students. Our first intake, we had three, we had three students. So that was but a bit of a... pretty good. <laughs> that was a bit of a, a scary one, starting it's with three students and probably yes. four or five times as many employees. But um, yeah, it was just one of those always a knowing and never questioning, never doubting, so... No, never a doubt either. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And you right. guys, you guys certainly found your niche blending the five elements with mm -hmm. TCM. Now, when you said all of your instructors prior to starting the school had done that integration course, is that the course that you and John had created? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. And did that in some form get rolled into the curriculum at the college? Yeah. So that, then, sorry, I didn't say that bit. But yes, absolutely. Um, we then set about making sure that it could be taught rather than, because everybody that we taught that integration course to knew five element acupuncture and we taught them TCM and then how to integrate the two. We'd been teaching five element acupuncture at the previous college in Leamington. So we taught everything. Um, so it was just a matter of putting that all together so that it was all taught and looking at, it was, it was almost like there were things like teaching needle technique, pulses and pulling them apart, seeing what was the same, seeing what could be pulled into it to integrate it together. So there was a lot of that to do. Um, and some obviously new thing, two, different things from both styles as well. And, Angie, what has your role been over the last 28 years? So my title has been joint principal. Um, and for most of that time, I've, I've looked after the curriculum, overseen it. We've had program leaders, what we call program leaders, looking after different sections of it but I've kind of had the overview I would say um, but also in that role John was the other joint principal in that role a load of things just come in I was thinking about this recently with I'm because I'm stepping down at the moment in in at the end of the month um, that just things come in if you're running a college and I'm sure you know this Todd, that you just deal with. And there's things that you just need to kind of deal with on a daily basis. So there's all of that too. Yes. 
Some of that's not the more glamorous stuff too. No, it's not. <laughs> but it's important. It's extremely yeah. important. So after 28 years, yep. you are retiring. And we were talking about this before we hit record. Yeah. You are now a student again. Yes. Well, actually, when I say I'm retiring, I'm retiring from any role in running the college. I'm still teaching at the college and I'm still supervising students. Okay. And, uh, and I have a tiny practice. It's just one morning a week. Um, so there's still, I'm still involved a little bit. Um, but yes, I'm a, I'm a PhD student now and I'm, uh, so I'm, I'm doing some study into acupuncture and that is kind of the thing that's hooked me in. Mm -hmm. And what institution are you studying? Uh, it's Birmingham University. So they have a PhD track in acupuncture. Uh, no, I'm in social sciences. Um, okay. But I'm, but social the 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 department I'm in has a track in what they call CAM, complementary yep. and alternative medicines, and so I'm I'm able to to do acupuncture study there. So what's I'm curious why you're stepping into that. What is your ambition behind that? Um, well, this is a, I need to think about that because I could go back a long way uh, to the 70s when I had a big trauma, which was my brother committed suicide. And uh, at that time, I was studying not at university, but to, uh, to do with health and occupational therapy course. And my life just turned around and I stopped any kind of, uh, I stopped that course. I, it, it just kind of was a big thing for me. So in some ways, I probably wanted to make up for what I hadn't done um, at that time. Although I've been really totally fulfilled by doing being an acupuncturist, so you know uh, it was unnecessary. But I also saw that when we do acupuncture, we do we treat a lot of people who've had acupuncture for a very long time to keep themselves well, or because they've got chronic illnesses and things like that. And that's an area that. Western medicine doesn't really do much about, uh, especially that acupuncture can deal with people's uh, mind and spirit as well as their body, and, and that there's just no separation in, in, the, in acupuncture. And I felt for a long time that I'd love it to be recognized more than it is that people can stay healthy they can get more resilience they can they can become more um just more of a person more of themselves through doing having acupuncture um and i said i've kept healthy throughout my life from having acupuncture and chinese medicine and Western medicine has a lot of things where they can clear things away, but they'd have very few tonics and very, not since COVID especially as well, there's a lot of talk about mental health, but there's not a lot of talk about what really to do about it. And I think that it's, it's a missing piece. So I've got a bit of a hobby horse about that. So <laughs> I'll stop it now. So then pursuing studies in social sciences <clears throat> with the acupuncture focus, is that something that you see uh, resulting in more research, more book writing for you, research for you, a deepening of your clinical practice or integration, more opportunities for, for uh, including that in the curriculum at the college? I'm just curious where you might go with that, or is it just purely out of personal passion? It's, it's really personal passion I seem to do everything out of personal passion really Good for you. Um, <laughs> uh, it's that I think that um, I I'm doing qualitative study I'm listening to what the patients have to say uh, the part that often gets ignored in research 
the actual patients themselves. And I'm going to talk to patients who've had treatment over a longer time. And ultimately, maybe I'll write a book or something like that. But I'd like to, sh to show that what if there is something in it, I want to find out about it, I suppose I could and, and be able to kind of look at that area. It's never been re researched very much. In what way? Well, acupuncture has been researched a lot and in many different ways. And uh, there's a lot of really good studies out there, but people having acupuncture over a longer period of time hasn't really been looked at at all. And you are hoping to be able to do that. And with what sort of focus, would, I guess, would the research have? Are you looking at physical health over a long period of time, mental health, emotional oh, health? Okay. Sorry, I haven't, I haven't really said. I'm, I'm looking at the effects of long-term acupuncture on people's health and well-being but that would be possibly more well-being than on their physical health. Okay. And then what sort of, and maybe you haven't got here yet, but what sort of parameters or structure do you have set up around the study? And do you have a control group? And as far as the, the actual patient group, do you have any sort of standards of how often they need to get treatment or their health prior to coming in. I'm just curious how it's all yeah, being laid out. Yeah, the, the, there's, there's no control group because it's qualitative research. It's slightly different. Okay. Um, there's, there's no control group. Um, and uh, it's, so it's, it's really um, talking to people. I've got, I probably do what's called semi-structured interviews. Um, so I'll have a lot of, headings there will be certain parameters in terms of how often they've come and uh, a minimum amount of time as i said five years and things like that okay very interesting but it I'm... probably the thing about research i am aware that it has about that much effect because you have to have be, right. you know systematic reviews are what are taken notice of well and the nice research means very little the nice thing about this type of research that you're doing even though the effect as you indicated might be very small you are still impacting those people who you are treating in your research group and that's something that i find is in a, in an essence you're still carrying on with the clinical practice you're just gathering data about the outcomes of that clinical practice but you're still helping people along the way yeah uh, i hope so yes sometimes <laughs> i'm not quite sure <laughs> that's to be found out yes well you mentioned a book may come out of it someday you of course are a prolific writer your bio says you've written six books. I got to know you through one of our textbooks at the college, which is the Constitutional Five Elements. Oh, brilliant! Acupuncture yes. textbook. That was written by co-written by Peter, who you met, and yes. John, who you presumably will meet, and me. Yeah. Yes. Let's talk a bit about the books that you have written and how they have come about, and are they all about acupuncture? Yeah, actually, I think it's five books I've written, but five. I've rewritten some books, so okay. I guess it might come out of six. Yeah, yes, they're all they're all acupuncture or Chinese medicine based. What was your first one? My first one was called the Principles of Acupuncture. It, it, most of my books have been popular books, apart from the textbook. Um, so that was a book just to explain acupuncture. There were very few books around at that time. Um, it became later, a lot of my books have been, re I've rewritten at various times. It's now called the Acupuncture Handbook. And it's about kind of an introduction to acupuncture basically. And you said most of them have been popular except for the textbook. What do you mean when you say the textbook? The textbook being the one you said about five five element op 
constitutional acupuncture. And that one hasn't been popular? Oh, no, no, sorry. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I should start again on all this. In the UK, a book that's for the general public is called ah, a popular book. I see. I see. Okay. <laughs> it sounds like I'm saying that a book is very unpopular. <laughs> well, that's good to clarify that. Okay. Really unpopular books. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said five of them were popular, so I thought, or, yes, or all but all but one. I mean, that's pretty good, really, when you think about it. Okay. okay. So most of them have then been for the general public, the layperson, yes. and yes. one of them was a textbook. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> 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 and. How has that been for you writing those books? Just the journey of those. Some of them you've co-written, some of them you've written solo. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of commitment. Again, yes. I, I, there's something about writing. I didn't. I don't think I. I knew I could write particularly, um, or that I'd enjoy writing. Um, and I wrote a chapter in a book that was by Hugh McPherson. Mm -hmm. and Ted Kapchuk about patience and I really enjoyed doing it and I suppose I then started thinking oh I could do this and um, so by chance a patient came along who'd written a book called how to write a book and get it published <laughs> <laughs> it's like coincidence huh. and so I talked to her and she was in contact with uh, the publisher and also one of our students was the husband of an agent, a book uh, who was an agent for um, books on complementary therapies. Oh, wow. So she was at his graduation and she talked to me and took me on. And that publisher then took me on. So then I had a book to write and I planned it and got on and did it and I suppose I'd been doing acupuncture for many years at that time so it wasn't uh, difficult to write however I think I would have written it very dif differently now or you know I didn't write references or anything like that I just wrote what I knew but it, that that's probably made it very easy. Well, I think it's so easy to critique our work from yes. previously, especially I when you're so. going back decades. Because, of course, with what you know now and where you've been in life, that things would evolve a bit differently. For the writing and the writing process, some of my guests have been so relieved to, as many of them say, kind of birth a book, and then they just kind of want to fall away and have nothing to do with writing for a long time and some of them potentially ever what about you what's that process like for you and when you're finished with a book are you already started on the next one um when i finish with a book i never want to see it again <laughs> and then i get all the edits and i have to deal with them so yeah and then i kind of what i think what happened was um the publisher came along wanting a book on Chinese medicine as a whole. Um, and so I did that. And uh, I'm just wondering whether I've got them the other wrong way around. But anyway, it was it was in the 1990s. Um, and so anyway, I wrote another book that I was asked to do. And the one I wanted to do, because there hadn't been anything on it, was one on lifestyle. Um, so I then wrote that one because I really wanted to do that. Um, Lifestyle then, as in Yangsheng? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And um, what is, what's that I didn't one call it that at the time. It was called um, it was called The Five Laws for Healthy Living. It's now rewritten as 88 Chinese Medicine Secrets. Um, okay. And it's got a, a lot of different things in different areas about... Um, lifestyle and then from that John and I wrote a book together about um, 
acupuncture and the emotions called healing your emotions and then the textbook mm-hmm. so the least popular which, one <laughs> <laughs> so they just all kind of came one after the other right. and after the textbook there wasn't anything else i felt i wanted or needed to write so i didn't haven't yeah. written anything mm-hmm. And just to make sure no one's confused, the textbook is an amazing textbook. And as, it, as I said, it has been one of our our five element textbooks at Pacific Rim College, which again is how I connected with you because at one point it was unavailable. And so I wanted to find out how do we get this book? And then that well, led us I, I, down, that led us down some conversations. Yes. Yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, yes, absolutely. So I'm glad it's back out and available again. So... A couple things came up that are somewhat un- unrelated when you were talking. Um, I could, I'll pick either one. Let, let's go back to your student days, because you said when you started the college, you knew about running a college. There were some things you'd experience that you liked, some things that you didn't like. For whatever reason, I guess it's because a lot of guests are being referred from previous guests. J.R. Worsley has been the topic of many episodes oh, lately. Yes, yes. And he sounded like such an interesting person. It was, yes. I'm curious, what was, if you could pick like a biggest lesson or impact that you received from, from J.R., what might that be? There's so many. Um, he was he was an amazing, an inspirational teacher. What would I say the main things are? Uh, I think his understanding of the importance of treating the mind and the spirit. You probably heard that a few times, and and his real understanding of holism and how we are connected interconnected in internally that we're not we're not named conditions we are a whole human being and that if we treat other people who are you know in a holistic way then a lot of different things can get better he also um helped a lot with my own treatment so he's had a big impact as well in my health and i think that i can say that 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 made a huge difference to me he really kind of he 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 was able to inspire people i think that was the thing that was so fantastic about him. He didn't just teach acupuncture, he inspired. And so I suppose that was uh, hugely important. And with his impact on your own health, which you've spoken a bit about Mm -hmm. the early journey with that, have, and this is quite personal, but have you been able to apply what you've learned to help people in your family who have also suffered from or who have suffered from bipolar i wish i could say i had but it all kind of happened before um i became an acupuncturist or that i became an acupuncturist it was in my early 20s and i'm now nearly 70 but uh my mother being ill my grandfather being ill my aunt being ill and my brother's death all happened before that so it would have been lovely to be able to say that uh but no and what about others others yeah absolutely and i think that my my only own experience both from um the point of view of my treatment helping me and then also jr's inspiration has been huge in terms of what I've done in my life. Mm-hmm. What sort of clinical results have you seen with patients who are suffering from psycho-emotional disorders? Let me just think of what examples that I can say. I actually, 
you see psycho-emotional it, it, it's I never know what to call it by the way no I know that, that I know. was <laughs> I understand that <laughs> and I don't even I don't even and I'll, I'll back that up to say I don't even like calling them disorders or no. disease no. or issues because I I really try to recognize and resonate with it resonate with the concept that we're all on our own path and some people are so acutely attuned to a reality that others potentially aren't able to tap into and it doesn't mean it's not it doesn't exist and for example there are people who are very spiritually attuned who can speak to to beings who others can't see or feel or hear. And so I think it's very easy to label that person as, oh, they're psychotic, they're crazy, they're bipolar. And yet, it, I think it's, it's a very bold and dispassionate statement for us to be making to say that about someone else when we're not in that position. We don't understand what it is they're feeling and what their connections are. So I just want to preface all that by saying that of course there are probably some people with conditions that need treatment and there are other people who are I think just not understood yeah yeah and I think there's a spectrum uh I expect patients I should say to feel better in the what I call better in themselves and that as they have treatment that helps them physically you know just that to me that's that's almost a given um and if i i mean there's some people that they've only got something physical they've had a trauma or something but for most people they can feel a lot better um and so i would have said that's that's one end of the spectrum that people can feel just generally um that they are themselves and a lot of people say ah oh, i'm back to how i feel i should be kind of thing so so that's uh just in terms of you asked me for an example uh there was i've, I've been treating one of my patients since she's now 85 and i've been treating her, i started treating her in her 40s she had a number of practitioners uh, but I treated her for quite a long time until I moved. And I kind of don't think I, th I thought, thought much about, you know, when you treat somebody, you don't think that much about how they were. And, you know, you're treating them as in that kind of way, seeing them through in a day-to-day -day way. And uh, like she's had a lot of life crises, she's, I've now been treating her again for about 10 years she's had 40 years of treatment um but she came as a patient in class and she i didn't interview her she it, it was someone else and she said to them treatment saved my life um and she was talking about her emotions and how she was right on the edge of in, in her words I guess she was on the edge of um, suicide, but uh, and she talked about all the things that acupuncture had done for her, and so she hadn't been able to sign her name, and she stopped everything in her life, and she just shut down, and that's that's how individual people are, isn't it? it you can't say a person is. I don't think she would have had any named condition. I guess she was depressed, but um, acupuncture brought her back from that. So, it, and it is very individual. Every single person has their own, th own narrative, their own thing to talk about that has is especially theirs. Um, so, so, yeah, it is hard to say this person had this condition, but this person changed in this kind of way. Mm -hmm. You said J.R. Worsley was able to help you with treatments. Yeah. How do you measure that? What was, what was, how are you maybe not feeling wellness or aligned prior to those treatments and how did that change things for you? 
Um, I don't know where I was was going in myself, but I was very what I called earlier wobbly. Um, I can remember as a nurse kind of working around saying, everybody, I look all right, you know, and I seem all right, but I'm not all right. And I don't know what isn't right about me. Um, and it was hard to even put my finger on. I don't think I'd even quite understood my family's history at the time, because it was a quite a hidden thing that was um, kept away from us. Um, but I knew I wasn't right, and I, I don't know where I would have gone to. Um, but that kind of continued, and then, then, of course, my brother's death came after that, which was, you know, didn't help. So uh, I don't think I was on an, uh, a healthy trajectory. I think I was on a, a very, uh, I was on a downward one. Um, I don't know how else to describe it, just that I knew that yeah. internally I wasn't in a good space at all. I think now I could describe it as being pretty depressed, but that word was not a word that I used. Right. And how did those treatments from Worsley change that? Um, well, I would say that it wasn't from the very first treatment, I think from about the fourth or fifth treatment, I suddenly felt better. And there was this certain one treatment where suddenly my head, head felt it had cleared and I felt my eyes were bright and I, it was kind of like, oh, um, that feels different. And I think that was the beginning of things beginning to change and go upwards. Mm -hmm. um, so a gradual, <clears throat> gradual change then, well, actually, every time I had a treatment, I felt better. So it was um, maybe more than a gradual change. What, if anything, has been your area of greatest passion when it comes to treating others with acupuncture? I think I can say the, the spirit, how important the spirit is. It would be, wouldn't it, I guess, mm -hmm. with, with my, my history, but just that uh, being able to see people change mm. at those kind of levels uh, of um, mental and emotional health. Mm -hmm. And is that something that has influenced your teaching at the college or has it been more in the clinical setting? Uh, in, in every way, I think that it's influenced my teaching and and my practice and my supervision of other students. Actually, Rebecca Avern and I talked a fair bit about mental health. Of course, that is uh -huh. her yes. specialty and her, yes. her yes. recent book on teenage anxiety. It's yeah. such, and as you mentioned, during, especially during this time in the world, it, it's so prevalent and so many people feel wobbly. <laughs> That's yes. as you say. Absolutely. Yes. And, and I'm finding that a lot of people <clears throat> feel wobbly and very isolated as well. They feel yeah. like a, a lone wobbly wheel. They don't feel like they're attached to anything else. Yeah. And, and that whole issue of loneliness as well that's, that's there, I think, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping that the research that you're doing brings about some, some great results that people can at least see and and maybe want to seek out acupuncture to help them with their wellness and well-being um, certainly you guys have done an amazing job at the college over Thank 28 you. years and i'm so excited for you that you're reaching your retirement point how does that feel to you uh, as i mentioned before we hit record last month i stepped down after 16 years yes and it's yes. Uh, so 28 is nearly twice as long. It's but parallel lives in many ways, setting yeah. up colleges. And yeah. How does that, how does that feel for you? It feels down. very right now. Um, I guess I've stayed, I'm 69 and I'm 70 in a few months and I've stayed 
stayed doing things, although uh, somebody else is, is not John, is joint principal with me, and he's taken on an awful lot of the work that I was doing at one time. And, but I didn't feel able, it wasn't the right time quite to stop completely until now. And now it's just absolutely, um, I feel very clear that it's the right time. Has this I think been... it's partly because, and you probably had the same thing, the college is definitely on a very stable footing, it's going well. Um, and I know that my bowing out is, um, it, everything will go move, still be moving forward in a really positive way. Right. Yeah. And has this been something you've been thinking about or planning for a while? Yes. Um, our succession was is something that probably we we um, started thinking about quite a long time ago and, and started putting into practice um, about five years ago. So it's been a kind of very gradual process. And John stepped down. Um, about three years ago, I guess. Mm -hmm. Peter hinted during my interview with him too that he may be stepping down. Yeah, I think that that's possibly on the cards, but he's yeah. not there yet. Yeah. But, well, yeah. nearly three decades is a very long time to do anything, and especially something that has so many moving parts and ups and downs, and, and to be responsible for hundreds of people literally uh, in the moment not to mention all the ones that you've influenced in the past and in the future it's it it really is there's a lot there to carry so i commend yeah, you it's for, interesting for, for i mean 30 it, years i hope i look back on it and feel really good about it um i think i will um because we do have i don't know how many graduates we've got now but it's definitely over a thousand and um so so there's a lot of people yeah. how, out there how many students do you have at any given time approximately we have two courses that start a year okay um and it's a three-year course um and that's they're they're mostly there's kind of about mid-20s finish so it's quite mm -hmm. how many would we have a hundred and a bit yeah. more than that maybe yeah and you guys have been fairly steady with that for quite a while haven't you mm. yeah yes yeah. yes good for you yeah well you've definitely found as i said earlier then and a niche i think really needed to be found to integrate different philosophies different systems of understanding and of treatments and obviously you've influenced so many who have come through your school and have gone on to influence others through writing books and being practitioners and teachers. And really, it's it's amazing what you and John and Peter and your team have accomplished. So my hat's off to you for that. And I hope your retirement is every bit as fruitful and relaxing as, yes. <laughs> as you may envision it being, uh, despite the PhD work. But hopefully that is that fits in to be fruitful as well. As a co-principal for 28 years and an influence to so many, do you have any, I'll say, parting advice for current people who are either thinking about studying acupuncture or are currently in their acupuncture studies? I suppose there's a few, uh, yeah, there's a few things. I think I'd say don't limit yourselves. It, this is kind of people that are starting out or thinking of starting out um, or maybe just just about to graduate even but that their acupuncture and Chinese medicine are just amazing system it's an amazing system of medicine and it's very easy to just cut it down to physical illnesses and get it to mimic Western medicine but there is something much, much greater in it that is, um, is holistic, is about the whole human being, is about um, who a person 
is and becomes in terms of their internal state. So I'd say don't limit yourself to something uh, just physical. See yourselves as being an instrument that can help to change people's lives. Um, and uh, yeah, I'd say go for that. Um, and also I'd say look after your own health because that allows you to look after other people's health. Well, I think both of those are very great pieces of advice. And in my experience, as is the case with you, it sounds like, and with me, so many people get into the study of acupuncture because of personal experiences and looking after themselves. And so I think a lot of us stepped into this arena because of that. And yet it is also important to continue to be mindful of that and to nourish and support ourselves throughout it all because there are seasons in life and there may be a season where it's time to just take a break for a while sure, because sure. it's really hard to continue showing up for others if if we have our own healing and grieving and transformation to do yeah actually i was i was going to say be aware if it, if if it's starting to feel difficult if it's starting to feel a strain be aware and do something about it because that's how people get burnt out um, they they carry on and they don't kind of reflect right. on what's going on with themselves and then they gradually burn yeah. out and so mm -hmm. well and i i think too when you say burnt out and carry on like often we feel that pressure to carry on the torch oh i've got to continue carrying on and being a light for other people but especially in a profession where we are working with people's energies and our energy is influencing their energy, carrying on, pushing through might actually be doing not only more damage to yourself, but it might also be doing damage to the people who are receiving that energy that you're working with. And so it's, it's so important, I think, as a practitioner or anyone who is working with to help the well-being of others to have it coming from a place of a personal well-being. Because it, so many, so many people have said, and Lonnie Jarrett comes to mind, that we can only take our patients so far as we have gone ourselves. Well, does he say that? Because I, I I'm pretty say sure that too. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I, I, that is so right. We, um, so I'm glad you said that. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Angie. And where can people learn more about? you or the college or any where would you like people to go well uh, our website the college website uh www.cicm.org.uk that okay. would probably be the best place yeah okay and as far as your books where can people find your books or i know some of them are singing dragon there, there's all sorts of different publishers, yes. Okay. Um, you can buy the books from the College of Integrated Chinese Medicine. Okay, um, They're all on Amazon. Uh, they're all, I think, e-books as well. Um, okay, great. Well, I'll, I'll put certainly I'll put the link to the college website and yeah, hopefully people can you. then find the books from there. Well, this has been wonderful. I'm so glad we finally have got to yes. meet After at least virtually face-to-face. Yes. Um, yeah, it's been, it's probably been a decade since we last talked be, before yeah, starting up this conversation. I hadn't connected <laughs> that it was you that I spoke to at that time. Yeah, so, it, yeah, we also, I also went back through some emails and saw that we were trying to have you and John come and potentially teach some workshops and I don't know why Is that, that right? I don't know why that fell through, but anyway. <laughs> oh, I, I, no, I had no idea about that actually, so. I think yeah. I got that right, but anyway, it's all ancient history now, so. Sure, sure. Good luck in your retirement and everything you do for the future. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, it feels good, and I'm going to continue on with the podcast because I just really yeah. so greatly value the opportunity to sit down and have these conversations, so thank you for being part of that. Yeah, and you do it so well. It's obviously the right thing for you right now. Thank so. you. I appreciate that. Thank you.
All right. Well, all the best to you, Angie. And thanks again. Okay. Thanks very much, Todd. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to this episode of Pacific Rim College Radio with Angela Hicks. To learn more about Angela, visit acupuncturecollege.org.uk and purchase one or more of her acupuncture books. If you feel drawn to the study of Chinese medicine, the School of Acupuncture and Chinese Medicine at Pacific Rim College offers world-renowned multi-year programs including world's first study options, combining acupuncture with Western herbal medicine and holistic nutrition. Visit pacificrimcollege.com to learn more. Also, don't forget to check out our online education in Chinese medicine by exploring the amazing course offerings at pacificrimcollege.online, including many courses featuring other guests of this podcast. Sign up for our newsletter to receive special offers on our newest releases. If you are interested in receiving clinical services in holistic nutrition, herbal medicine, and acupuncture in Chinese medicine, the student clinic at PRC provides more than 7,000 annual treatments. Live holistic nutrition and herbal medicine consultations are both available online, while acupuncture and Chinese medicine treatments can be had at our Victoria campus. Free treatment options are available in all areas. Visit the student clinic at pacificrimcollege.com for more information and to book your appointment. If you enjoyed this podcast, share it with your friends and family and give it a five-star rating on whatever podcast app you are using. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, try acupuncture as a tool to enhance your mental well-being.